Hello and welcome back to the Killer Kind Podcast. I can't believe we are already on episode three, you guys. This has been so fun and I'm so excited to keep going with you guys. So far, we've covered a case that is somewhat solved. One that we kind of know the perpetrator is, he's under arrest, but there has yet to be a trial. Then we've also covered a case that is definitely solved. The guy's in prison for life. We know what happened. And now I've got one for you that is a complete and total mystery. But before we dive into that case, I want to ask you guys what you want from me. What do you want from the killer kind? What I mean is, are you liking the different types of cases that we're covering here? Or would you prefer cases that are solved, one that has an ending? Or are you someone who likes the mystery and wants to hear a case that isn't solved? My next question is, would you prefer these episodes to be longer? I've had a couple mixed reviews on the links of the episodes, and I kind of see both sides because I'm a kind of person who loves a shorter episode sometimes, like when I'm doing certain things, but then I also love longer episodes when I'm sitting at work and I've got more time. So what would you like from me? I would love for you to answer those questions over on the podcast Instagram page at killer.kind.pod. And if you prefer, you can also send me an email at thekillerkindpod at gmail.com. I'd love to get your feedback, guys. But now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's jump into this week's episode, The Disappearance of Charlie Allen Jr. On October 11, 2007, 22-year-old Charlie Allen Jr. was supposed to have lunch with his father, Charlie Allen Sr., but instead he played a game of tennis with his good friend Mason on the Dartmouth College campus, where Charlie was a senior studying psychology at the time. After the match, the two went for pizza at the student cafeteria. Then they were supposed to meet up around 8 p.m. to go to a party on campus, but Charlie never showed up. What happened to Charlie Allen Jr.? Charlie was a very smart guy, even though he had your typical appearance of a good-looking jock. Friends say that if you didn't know him, you'd think he was a pretty serious person, but that he actually had a goofy side to him that not many people got to see. You see, Charlie was the kind of guy who, if he put his mind to something, he was all in. People have said that he would become obsessed with his new hobbies, whatever they may be. In high school, that hobby was gaming. Charlie was a huge gamer, and he performed in professional tournaments all around the country, and he was even the number one gamer in the world at one point. Charlie himself even said that in order to exceed at something, I would need to become obsessed with it. So no wonder a lot of people thought he was a serious guy or maybe even a little intense. One thing to know about Charlie, though, was that he was bipolar. His family says that he was fine until he had his manic episodes. And every time he had a manic episode, their world was just turned upside down. They said they tried making sure that Charlie took his medication, and when he did, he seemed pretty normal. Even his friends have said that if you knew him, you could tell he was a little off. He had his good days and his bad days, his highs and his lows, even though his lows never really seemed to be too low to his friends. But 90% of the time, he seemed to be a pretty normal guy. He just seemed very passionate about what he does and very intellectual. Now that I've given you a small idea of who Charlie was, I want to go ahead and talk about the day of his disappearance and the events that followed. So like I said, Charlie and his friend Mason played tennis on the afternoon of Thursday, October 11th, 2007. The two were both attending college at UMass Dartmouth, 
and this was in the beautiful Hanover, um, New Hampshire area. And on this day, like I said, they played a game of tennis, and then they went to the cafeteria and had pizza. Mason said that Charlie seemed pretty normal that day, but during their dinner, Charlie reached over to Mason's plate and just grabbed a slice of his pizza and took a big bite out of it. And he thought that was odd, a little out of character, but he didn't think too much of it. Reports of his actions after this dinner are pretty inconsistent, but there's a couple things that I did learn. So one, his sister Brittany Allen called sometime after this dinner, but my understanding it's after this 8 o'clock time frame that he was supposed to meet his friend Mason. Brittany gives him a call because she sees that he deleted his Facebook page or that his Facebook page had been deleted. And so she was giving him a call just kind of questioning that, you know, hey, why did you delete your Facebook? And she said that he really wasn't making much sense over the phone. Brittany said that her brother sounded really confused and just saying, I don't know. It wasn't me. I didn't delete it. And something along the lines of there are pretty important people after me. And then he just pretty much hurried off the phone after he said that. Later, we find out that his mother and father both had voicemails from Charlie left sometime after the two had gone to bed. Charlie left a voicemail on his dad's phone saying that he was going to Texas, that he wanted to go somewhere warm. However, on the voicemail to his mother, he said he was going to Florida. His parents said it sounded like Charlie was physically running. They said he sounded out of breath. So Charlie Allen Sr. and Charlie's mother, Anne, both tried calling him back that morning and really didn't receive an answer. They were very concerned for his well-being, so they ended up calling police to report him missing. Based on what seemed to be manic behavior and after talking to um, Charlie's sister, Brittany, and hearing about her really confusing phone call, they decided to call police and report Charlie missing. Now, first thing police do is they go to his dorm to make sure he wasn't there, number one, and, and to see if they could gather any clues as to where he could be. So when police arrive, they notice that his car, one, is not there. And inside the dorm, he's nowhere to be found, and everything seemed to be pretty normal. So... They checked his computer to see if maybe that could point them in any kind of direction. And really, it just kind of made it more confusing, except for one thing. So first, the computer had been wiped clean. The only thing they found was a web search for the University of Texas, which they thought may be helpful since he had left that voicemail with his dad saying that he was going to Texas. But that web search was the only thing that they got from the search of Charlie's dorm. Now, one last documented sighting of Charlie was around 3.30 a.m. on October 12th. So this is the night where the parents had the voicemail. This is, you know, before they ended up calling police. That's kind of where we're at here. And basically, he broke into a house near campus. He was seen crawling through the second story window. And the homeowner confronted him. It was a woman. And she said, all he did was ask, hey, is Mason here? And the woman said no. And then he just apologized and climbed back through the second story window and jumped out. He ended up running towards the wooded area next to the house. So very weird, very odd behavior happening. And, and really everyone was just scratching their heads thinking, what is going on? Like what is going through his head during this time right now? And a couple things I'll point out. One, his friend Mason lived about 30 minutes away from this house. Um, it was basically on the opposite side of campus um, from where he was. So that's one odd thing. And since they were friends, you know he probably knew where he lived. He was just clearly in a very confused state. And when police got the report and kind of was putting it together who this 
guy was that was that broke into this house um and they're realizing that it's probably charlie they searched the area and they found his backpack and a pair of shoes of his in the backyard a couple other things to point out that the police found after charlie's disappearance was one they found his 1999 blue ford expedition on campus just abandoned it had appeared to have been slept in One thing to note, too, importantly, is his keys, cell phone, and charger were never actually located. Um, They have yet to be found to this day. And an extensive search for his belongings and anything to do with Charlie has been done. Um, Also to note, his credit card and bank account have also not been used since his disappearance. Now, that being said, a few days after his disappearance and after this incident where he broke into a home near campus, a trucker came forward and said that he saw a shirtless, shoeless man hitchhiking a ride out of town with a truck. Basically, he had gotten into a truck and this guy just kind of felt odd about it, I guess. A couple years later, a man named Stephen, living in New Bedford, a town near Dartmouth campus, said a young man rang the doorbell around 7 a.m. He looked disheveled and asked for directions back to SMU, which is an old acronym for Dartmouth. Um, Stephen said the young man looked afraid, and so he told him to wait there while he called the police. But when he went back to the door, the young man was gone. Stephen was later shown pictures of Charlie, and he swore that that was the man who came to his door. So let's recap for a second. Basically, Charlie Allen Jr., goes missing Thursday, October 11th, 2007. It seems to be under suspicious circumstances. He's very confused. He's saying that people are after him and he is seen kind of throughout town acting very odd, but seems to be kind of on the run and scared. And and he was also seen being picked up by a truck where he was, whenever he was hitchhiking. So you know, your mind kind of goes one direction with that. You know, did he meet foul play with whoever he got into this truck with? But I also want to go back from this point, knowing what we know now, I want to go back and discuss just exactly where Charlie was as a person right before his disappearance. And you'll see why I did this in a little bit. So let's jump into where Charlie was. Like I mentioned earlier, Charlie was bipolar. And For those of you who don't know, and and I myself don't know enough about it, what is bipolar disorder? And when you do a basic Google search, you will see that it tells you that it is a disorder associated with episodes of mood swings ranging from depressive lows to manic highs. Now, I mentioned that Charlie's friends said he never really seemed to have super low lows, but his family mentioned that he had very high highs and that Basically, he, it was managed with medication, but after high school, his parents said it was harder to manage Charlie's diagnosis and disorder because they couldn't make sure he was staying on his medication. They couldn't force him any longer because he had graduated and he was of legal age. So what happened to Charlie after high school? Well, like I said, in high school, Charlie was a gamer. That was his obsession. That is what he kind of put his heart and soul into. But shortly after graduating high school, Charlie's new obsession was tennis. And he really dove all in. Once again, this was another obsession that he wanted to master. He had such big dreams of tennis, in fact, that he dreamed of becoming a professional tennis player. He even said that he would become a professional tennis player and that he actually needed to change his name so that when he became famous from playing tennis, that he would have a more unique name and stand out more. 
So that's what he did. A couple months before his disappearance, Charlie changed his name to Neo Babson Maximus. Now you're like, what? Why? What is the significance of that name? And his friend Anthony, who actually did a an interview with the Thin Air podcast, which I would highly recommend to go check out that podcast in that episode because his friend Anthony gives a really good interview there. But um, basically his friend Anthony explains that Neo was his gamer handle back in high school and he's a huge gamer. Babson was actually his mother's maiden name and Maximus was his favorite character from Gladiator. So it had some relation. It was a little or it had it kind of made sense but it was a little out there obviously. But I mean hey you know he's He's Charlie Allen Jr. He's a junior. He, you know, his name doesn't really stand out on its own. So it, it's odd. It, it's a little weird, I guess, maybe to some, but it kind of makes sense for what his dreams are to become famous. He doesn't think that he could be famous with such a generic, you know, name that doesn't really stand out. So that was his explanation. Now, like I said, his parents said they had a hard time making sure that Charlie was taking his medication and it was actually known that he had stopped in fact taking his medication a few months prior to his disappearance and he really started exhibiting rash behavior and showed an interest in Scientology now and specifically their anti-psychology views and what I mean by that is um, the anti-psychology views is you don't need medication it's a waste of money people are tricked into thinking it's making them better but it's not and you know it's not natural etc so people were kind of concerned that Scientology was becoming his new obsession and that he was really kind of diving into Scientology as well which could have been the root behind his mental state at the time and his friend Anthony again in, in that interview said that he started having a weird sleeping schedule. He said that he actually lived with Anthony the summer before his disappearance and he noticed that he was he would sleep like every couple hours. Like he like in the middle of the day if it was noon, he would sleep between or he would take a nap between twelve PM and two PM and then he would go play tennis and hang out for a couple hours and then at five o'clock he would go and take a thirty minute nap. So basically every four hours or so he was taking a nap anywhere between 30 minutes to two hours. And again, we're talking about where he was at the time of his disappearance, where his mind was. Anthony said that he randomly took a trip down to New York to go to the Boston Open, which is, you know, when you think about it, hey, he's a huge tennis fan, he's a huge tennis player. Of course he wants to go to that. But Anthony said that he asked him if he wanted to go with him. But at this point, the open had already started. So Anthony said, I would go if it was planned out. But the next day, Charlie ended up going and just texting a selfie um, to Anthony with him and one of the female tennis players. And he said that he drove down there, crashed on a bench outside of the arena, I guess. And then he would sneak in when they're letting people in. And to give you an idea, and, and what I kind of found out later was, they had day and night sessions at this open. So Charlie said what he would do what was he would sneak in during the day and then he would hide in the bathrooms um, before or hide in the bathroom before the night session. That way when the night session started, he was already in there. So he kind of slowly started um, 
exhibiting these very spontaneous, very out of character actions, um, and just all around just kind of being really weird. And Anthony also said one other important thing to note was there was another weird incident when Charlie, his mom, and his sister went to Newport, Rhode Island something for something tennis related and Charlie wanted to stay but his mom and sister wanted to leave well Charlie actually jumped out of a moving car and then ran into the bushes and he ended up texting Anthony and being like hey if my mom calls you you know don't tell him where I'm at but I you know basically I jumped out of the car and I'm hiding in the bushes from him and what does the mom do his mom calls Anthony and says hey let me know if you hear from Charlie. He just jumped out of this car. I don't know where he is. And at first he was like, you know, look, I'll handle it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of him. But his family was pretty persistent and said, you know, he kind of broke down and said, okay, he's hiding in the bushes. (laughs) But that's really one of the last weird things that happened for the most part. The last couple days, he was seemed to be fairly normal. But on this day, on that Thursday that he goes missing, everything sort of took a turn. Sadly, that's sort of where the case ends. There has been nothing that points to where Charlie could be now, and sadly, that is the conclusion. However, I'm hoping that we can shed some light on this case and lead to the recovery of Charlie Allen Jr. So let's talk about where Charlie could be, or what could have happened to Charlie after that last known sighting. One, could he have went to Texas like he told his dad on that voicemail? Could he have went there for some unknown reason and started a life? I think that's possible. With that Google search they found, I think there could have been some significance to that. However, I'm never a fan of people who say, oh, they just ran off and started another life and they don't want to be found. I never like that because to me that gives up hope that he will be found or that person will be found and that I just don't like that. It really gives up hope. Two, could Charlie, with the lack of medication for his bipolar disorder, be a reason behind his disappearance? Which, we think it certainly led to that, but my question is, could it have really messed up or messed with his mind and he wound up somewhere and he doesn't know how to get back home? Could it have permanently caused some memory issues? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how this could be the sole cause of him not coming home. If that's the case, three, what if Charlie wound up somewhere and he doesn't know how he could get back? Could he be like homeless and wandering the streets in some unknown city, Texas perhaps? The only reason I mention this is because I read a forum where people were saying what they thought happened to Charlie and this was one of those theories. That he's probably just some homeless guy on the street somewhere and doesn't know how to get back, which is so sad and scary to think about. So for that, I highly recommend you Google a picture of Charlie and get a good idea of what he looks like so we can all keep an eye out for him. Now, I'll put a picture of him on the podcast Instagram page um, when this episode comes out, but I also want you to do your own research as well and just kind of get, you know, a good memory of him, a good picture of him. Now, four, could Charlie have met with foul play? If you remember, that guy who said he could have swore he saw a guy who looked like Charlie getting into a truck when hitchhiking. Could whoever drove that truck be the reason we've never seen or heard from Charlie again? This is obviously the worst case scenario, but we have to keep that thought in mind because of how scary this world is, and we all know this is something that's possible. 
However, I do believe this is one theory that the family said they do not believe. They could have been talking about a different hitchhiker, but on their Facebook page, which is Help Find Neo Babson Maximus, aka Charlie Allen Jr., they post frequently on that Facebook page. And this was one theory that they said the Kia hitchhiker was not Charlie. Now, again, I don't know if this is the same hitchhiker story, um, but it's good to keep in mind that the family really doesn't believe the hitchhiker story. So, again, even if it's not the same one, we do kind of have to keep in mind that this is something that's possible, that he could have just met with foul play, even if it wasn't this exact scenario. Another theory is that Charlie went off to basically join a Scientology-type cult. I know that's kind of off the wall, but like I mentioned earlier, Scientology was something that he had started kind of diving into, and and people fear that that might become his new obsession. And like I said a minute ago, I read this forum that kind of gave different theories from people, and this was another one. This was one that people said, you know, maybe he joined a Scientology cult and ran off with it, which, not unlikely, not impossible to think. Because if Charlie were to become obsessed with something like this, and since it is such a radical belief, I could see that potentially being something that happens. Now, I don't think any of the family agreed with this. I don't think this is a popular opinion. However, it's important to note that people are thinking this could be possible. And then one other thing I want to go back to, we really didn't touch on this much because I really didn't get any follow-up from this, was remember back in the call with Charlie's sister, Brittany, he told her that some important people were after him. Now, is this something to believe? Is this something to go off of? I don't know. Again, I've never heard follow-up from this from anyone, but it is important to kind of bring that back up that this could be a theory that maybe there were people after Charlie. Maybe he was running away, and maybe he met foul play with these people. Maybe this was something that led to his disappearance or led to his potential you know, demise, which again, we're hopeful that that's not the case. But keep in mind, this is something that Charlie said from his own mouth that people were after him. So we have to kind of keep that in mind. We have to keep that in the back of our heads. I would love to know which one of these theories is what you were thinking happened to him. Or did you have another theory in mind? If so, I'd love to hear it. Again, I mention this every week, but you can always give your theories or thoughts or opinions on each case on the Instagram page at killer.kind.pod. And also, if you want to continue to follow this case and help get more information, like I said, you can refer to that family Facebook page, which again was Help Find Neo Babson Maximus, a.k.a. Charlie Allen Jr. They post a lot on there, even though it's mainly just posts about how much they miss Charlie and just remembering him, but they do occasionally respond to the theories that come up, like I mentioned earlier about the hitchhiker. But guys, that's it. That's the conclusion for this case. If you have any theories or if you have any tips even, I highly recommend reaching out to that Facebook page. It seems like they do get a lot of tips on there. So reach out to them if you have any tips or if you see anything or know of anything. Who knows? I would love to hopefully be able to find Charlie Allen Jr. All right, guys, that's it for me this week. I will see you guys back here in two weeks with a new case. Thanks, guys. Bye.